Father, Lord, in the name of your son, Christ Yeshua, and by your glory, by your majesty, and by your grace, we lift you up, Lord, and we put our focus completely upon you, my God. We elevate you in our lives, in every, in every section, in every sector of our being, Lord. We exalt you. We thank you, my God, for your son, Christ Yeshua, who died for us. We ask that you continue to bless us, my God, continue to strengthen us. We pray against every distraction, every deception, every demonic force that might try to operate against the place that you're taking us in the glory. We ask, my God, that you continue, my God, to build for us a fortress of righteousness in our mortal souls. May your Holy Spirit continue to counsel us, guide us, direct us, and order every single one of our steps. May the blessing of your son, Christ Yeshua, be made full in us, my God. May we stand firm against every machination of the devil. We pray, my God, that you show us the way, forgive us of our sins, and purify us by the blood of Jesus. Father, we pray against every distraction, my God, that might take us away from living up to this prayer seeking your face, seeking your kingdom, living in your righteousness. Continue to grow us, my God, as that faithful mustard seed has been planted, my God. May it continue to grow to a great tree where the birds perch on its branches. We pray, Father God, that we're able to maintain the focus, the high-level focus to always put your righteousness above all else, regardless of circumstances or situations. We pray these things, Lord, in Yeshua's mighty name. And the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of the Lord? Amen. And praise God. Saints, um, we've been in the wilderness, in the spirit. Obviously, a lot of us are still, of course, going to work and we're still interacting with others. And so it's not a wilderness in the physical sense, but hopefully you've been walking with us spiritually in this wilderness. And sometimes we have the lives, sometimes we don't, but it looks like for the last few days, and it looks like maybe even for the next group of days, we are going to have the live. And I'm excited about this portion because it's a portion where the Lord gets to minister to us as a body. And really, um, I, I don't know what exactly is going to come out of it. And, you know, I'm enlightened by what comes out of it as well. And so I'm encouraged and I'm looking forward to today. Today, I felt in the spirit, God saying, you need to remember that the wilderness is taking you somewhere. You know, when the nation of Israel spent 400 years in slavery, in torment, under the rule of the Egyptians. They were enslaved, mistreated, looked down upon, downtrodden, not allowed to excel as a people. But despite all of that, they still grew in numbers and to the point where the Egyptians wanted to kill them off by killing all their firstborn children. But that didn't stop them from continuing to grow in numbers because you see, even while Egypt was ruling in a natural sense, God was operating in a spiritual sense. And so God's plan was not in any way hindered. It wasn't in any way stopped by the actions of the Egyptians. And when God took them out of Egypt, out of slavery, everybody went. Everybody went. Even some of the Egyptians went. 
with the Jews. That's correct. But in the wilderness, not everybody wanted to stay. Not everybody wanted to go to the land of milk and honey. Because to go to the land of milk and honey required a process. And not everybody was prepared for the process. See, everybody wanted out of slavery. And everybody wanted the land of the milk and honey. But not everybody was willing to go through the process. The wilderness is always about taking you from somewhere and taking you to somewhere. And there's always a process between where the wilderness is taking you from to where the wilderness is taking you to. And sometimes your mind might be deluded into thinking that the process is actually worse than slavery. And your mind might be tempted to want to go back to slavery because you fear the destination that you're going to because of this wilderness. They didn't want to fight the different armies they had to fight because they were afraid of the process. They were afraid that God might abandon them in the process. They were afraid they might lose their life in the process. And they'd rather go back to the security of slavery rather than move on to the next place that God was taking them to the land of milk and honey. And this is a symbolism of every glory that God is trying to take you to. Remember, you are a child of a king, okay? And as a child of a king, you have royalty in your blood. Jesus's blood is royal and you're covered in the blood. So then God is taking you to a very royal place. But to get there, you've got to pass through the wilderness. Now, this is, now you're being transformed from glory to glory to ever increasing glory. Say it again. You're being transformed from glory, that's a lower glory, to a higher glory, but it's not going to stop there, to an ever increasing glory. But some of us haven't experienced this glory to glory to glory. We've, we've seen, we've taken sputtering steps. Sometimes we even get completely stuck. And at the very core of being stuck is this one reality. You're afraid of the process. You're afraid of going through the process because you fear the destination. And that's a faith issue. You have to have faith in the things of God. You know, I was listening to the I was listening to the Beatitudes this morning. And while I was listening to the Beatitudes this morning, um, there's a scripture that says, He who follows what I'm teaching here is the greatest in the kingdom of God. He who follows it and teaches it is the greatest in the kingdom of God. So then by you maturing in your beatitude living, you elevate yourself to an ever increasing glory. It says he who does not follow it, he who drifts back from it, 
This one is the least in the kingdom of God. Do we have faith in that word? Do we have faith in that word? That obedience to Christ will always put you in the greatest position, even though it just being obedient to Christ in and of itself is a wilderness. Santo, glory to God. And it has a destination. And there's this process. And in this wilderness, the obedience to Christ is sure. The process might get intense. And your life circumstances may seem worse than slavery, being a pagan operating in an unsaved condition. And there'll be this temptation to want to regress back into your carnal life. That'll be symbolic of slavery in Egypt. Because in your carnal life, you had the leeks and melons, even though you were a slave to the devil and you made bricks out of straw and you were subjugated to tyranny, you still ate leeks and melons. And you begin to romance a previous life. You begin to romance a previous condition. You begin to remember the easy life where you didn't have to deal with the burning of your flesh and you could just entertain your flesh. I remember the good old days when I could just be self-consumed rather than withering away here in this desert. But now that I have to bring myself under subjection, now that I have to buffet my body and beat myself, figuratively speaking, that you might not be disqualified for the prize. The tyranny of this desert causes me to want to go back to Egypt because I fear the destination. They say, well, this doesn't make sense because I believe in the destination. I believe we're going to the land of milk and honey. Why would I fear going to the land of milk and honey? Because you've made the land of milk and honey one with the process. See, if you were only focused on the land of milk and honey, then that would become the pearl of precious prize of which you buried it again and sold everything you had and came back and bought that pearl and walked away with great joy. But because you're mixing the land of milk and honey, with the process, you're treating them like they're one and the same. Now you want to run back to Egypt. Now you want to go back to where you came from. Now you want to be a slave again. And so we have to remember about this wilderness, that the wilderness is always about taking you to somewhere, taking you to a greater place a greater place, a more elevated place, transformed from a glory to a glory, to becoming the greatest in the kingdom of God. And it is God's desire that each and every one of his children become the greatest in the kingdom of God. Santo, glory to God, hallelujah. And it's important to remember that everybody went into the wilderness, but not everybody went into the promised land. Everybody went into the wilderness not knowing what the wilderness was, but anxious to get out of Egypt, but many ended up wanting to return to Egypt. Why? Because they feared the destination. 
So let us not be of those that fear the destination and fear where God is taking us to. And let us press on and press through, through and to the glory of where God is taking us. I'm excited about this particular wilderness because I believe this wilderness is going to be a, 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 a milestone. It's going to be a, a major marker in your spiritual ascension. You know, if, you, if you're honest with yourself, there are different sanctification issues that kind of vacillate. You kind of move forward a little bit, a little backward, you move forward a little bit, you look backward. And then you have those milestone events that take place in your discipleship in which there's no going back after this, the, the awakening that took place here. Now there's no going back to that previous place. I believe this wilderness is one of those wildernesses. That it's going to become a major marker in your life. It's going to shape a big part of your future. And it's not too early. And it's never too late. For where there's life, there's always hope. So believe in the spirit of God and what God is doing with you in this season. And remember, don't fear the destination. Don't merge the destination with the process. The process gets you to the destination. The destination is the glory. And if we pursue the glory, then we have pursued the very thing that Christ instructed us to pursue. And he is the one backing us up, lifting us up, and carrying us through. But he's not going to carry us through the way the world carries through. That was another problem that the Egyptian, uh, the, the Jews had in the wilderness, right? They wanted God to do things the worldly way. But God doesn't do things the worldly way. He fed them manna from the sky. He gave them a cloud by day and a fire by night. Now one of their sandals wore out because of the pathway in which he took them. See, God's going to do things a godly way. God's not going to do things the carnal way. And we're used to achieving accomplishments carnal, carnally. Whenever we're under stress, we can have the temptation to want to drop back to our carnal nature and use our carnal skills because really we want to go back to Egypt. But God does things in spiritual ways. His ways happen mysteriously miraculously, pivotally in the supernatural. And things are going on in the supernatural long before they manifest in the physical, long before a naked eye could see it. Many, many things are going on in the spirit realm. Many, many transformations are going on in the spirit realm. Many, many changes are going on in the spirit realm. Your character is being transformed in the spirit realm. Your personality is being transformed in the spirit realm. The new reputation that God's given you is being built in the spirit realm. When you get transformed from a glory to a glory, it's from a level of royalty to another level of royalty. It's not going to come with striking observableness. Because what's going on is within you. And that transformation eventually is going to eventually pop out. And then when it does finally become obvious to the naked eyes, the work and the foundation will already have been done. The roots will have already been established. And you will stand a head taller than everyone and everything around you. All because you trusted 
in the one who can be trusted. The Bible says, cursed is the man who puts his faith in men. But blessed is he whose faith is in the Lord. So I want to encourage each and every one of you, if you haven't, to go over those scriptures. You can never go over Matthew 5, 6, and 7 too much. You can never go over Matthew 5, 6, and 7 too much because that's the foundation. That's the seed of the righteousness of the kingdom. And it is impossible to pursue the righteousness of the kingdom without ending up pursuing the kingdom because the righteousness of the kingdom would lead you to the kingdom. So when you pursue the righteousness of the kingdom, then you're going to get the kingdom. And when you get the kingdom, then you're going to elevate. You're going to put your head down and focused on the work. And when God, see, a lot of times we, we put our head down to work in the, for God. We, we, we put our head down. And then we lift up our head way too soon, looking around to see what did it produce. Put our head down for a few seconds, lift our head up, look and see what did it produce. Maybe we put our head down for half a day or a day and look up to see what it will produce. It's not going to work like that. This is how it's going to work. You're going to put your head down to go to work, spiritually speaking. We're talking prophetically. And as you put your head down to go to work, you're not going to lift your head up again. You're going to keep your focus on the assignments that God has for you. And then at some point, God is going to say, uh, excuse me, one second, lift your head. And when you lift your head, you're going to go, wow, I didn't see all of this. I didn't know that this was going to be the land of milk and honey. I didn't know this was going to be the glory. Some of us already have a testimony like this in some of our life situations. So the nation of Israel was unwilling to put their put their focus, put their head down, figuratively speaking, and do the work. And then all of a sudden, God would have said, raise your head, look over that ridge. You see that? That's the land of milk and honey. You're going to go in that land. You're going to take every part of it. So some weren't willing to do that. They pick their head up way too soon. Fight in the battle of AI. Oh, my goodness. Fight wars. Oh, no. Eat man all day. Ugh. But God is preparing them for royalty. God is preparing you for royalty. So, again, I would encourage you, just go over that Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Ask yourself, have I applied these scriptures properly in my life? Where can I apply them even the more? And then read Matthew 13. Matthew 13 is the response he gave to the people after giving them the Sermon on the Mount. And that response he gave them, he was telling them the outcome of preaching that sermon to the masses. And how some were right in their receiving of that word. And how some lost it completely and didn't abide in it. And then start to weigh in on how you're walking in obedience to the teachings of Christ, how you're pursuing his righteousness, and then make a commitment. You know, we have many yeses. This is something God was revealing to me yesterday. We have many yeses. We have what we call levels of yes, you know, because like we could say yes, but we don't kind of really mean it. And then we could say yes again and then mean it a little bit more. 
you got to get to that final yes. The yes, that's the real yes. That means we're not going to say no again. Yes is yes, and that's it. Get to that yes in your obediences. And allow God to take you through this wilderness and transform you from glory to glory. Father, Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your special name among men. We thank you that you continue to bless us and continue to strengthen us. I pray, Father God, that in everything that we do, we trust in the destination and that we stay faithful in the process. We ask, my God, that you continue to build in us a firm relationship with you, one that seeks your face in every circumstance and life situation. Bless the saints, my God, and carry them through the day. Forgive them of sin, build them up in righteousness, and help them to stand firm until the glory of the King when he returns. In Jesus' mighty name. And the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Have a great morning, saints. You all too.